You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. For those who aren't aware, today is our Testimony Sunday. At Life Tree, we love to declare Jesus. We want to display him and declare him. And the preachers up here, we get to do it all the time. But this Sunday, y'all are going to do it, which is exciting. And I don't have any preach prepared, so you better have testimonies this morning. Oh, Kelly laughed. Okay, Kelly thought it was funny. All right. If you miss the announcements, head back on the live stream and watch them or just take a look at your e-bulletin when it comes out. But I'm excited. It is always good to tell each other about what God has been doing in our lives. Amen? Amen. All right. Somebody agreed out there. I love in Deuteronomy, we're actually encouraged. It says, only be careful. Watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and their children after them. And this is one of those mornings where we get to remind ourselves of what God has done. We get to remind ourselves and tell each other of the things that our eyes have seen and the things that God has done in our life. So it's a sort of open mic concept this morning. So it's very much, I'll be sort of sitting down there as people are sharing. If you have a testimony in your heart, you just come tap me on the shoulder. I'll hand you the mic and you come up. And we get to edify the body this morning. We get to build each other up with our testimonies and, and help build some more of that foundation that we get to stand on of what God has done, the goodness that he shows in our life. So this is the moment, guys. This is your moment. I will remind you, we are live streaming this morning. So just be mindful of that in your testimonies. If you're sharing names or personal things about people, just be mindful. This is going out on the interwebs. And Starla doesn't really love to have to edit a whole ton after. So just be mindful of that in sharing your testimonies. Um, there's more people than just what you see in front of you this morning. So, all right. Who's got a testimony to share this morning of what God's been doing in their life? Good morning, Life Tree. So I was um, this morning just thinking about this is Testimony Sunday, and something popped into my head, and I was like, okay, okay, fine. Um, so years ago, our family went on a missions trip to Mexico, and uh, we were en route, and we were meeting, some of you may know Dave and Beth Goff. So we had flown into L.A., and then we were going to meet with Dave and Beth Goff, and they were going to drive with us across the border into Mexicali, I think. And so we'd never met them. We'd only been with them, like met them on FaceTime, or on, I guess we were Zooming back then. I can't remember. Um, so we met them that way. But we were, you know, a whole family and um, going down to Mexico, and our kids were fairly young. And so we got up in the hotel room one morning, and the morning we were going to go meet with Dave and Beth, and our youngest, Evan, he fell somehow, and he hit his head on the corner metal of the bed. And it really took him out, and he wasn't doing so well. And so we had to leave. We had to meet Dave and Beth in the parking lot. And so he was not a happy camper, and um, I was thinking, oh, man, they're meeting us for the first time. We're going to Mexico for two weeks with them. 
they've never done this with a family, and we've got our youngest who's falling apart here. So I was a little bit nervous about that. But anyways, we get into the parking lot, we meet them, and Beth is fantastic, and she's, you know, giving me, she's, you know, calming us down and stuff. But Evan's not in good shape, so, but we have to go. So we climb into the van, and off we go, and uh, we're following them into across the border. And so um, Evan continues to be not happy in the van, and so we just decide to turn on the music, the, you know, some worship music, and we just sang. We just, we prayed and we just sang, all of us. And Evan conked out, fell asleep. And so we're driving and we're going along and um, we could just keep worshiping. And he wakes up and he's good as new. Nothing, nothing, no residual, nothing. He's just good as new. He's happy, he's laughing, and we're like, Whoa. So it was just one of those things where, and it comes up in our house often, actually, because it's just a little, you know, you talk about what you've done in the past with your family, and that sort of comes up, right, when we talk about that. Um, it's just a reminder to me, we were here New Year's Eve, and we sang a lot about um, when you're in a battle, what does God call us to do? And it's so counterintuitive to what we want to do when we're in a battle, we feel we need to fight, we have to fix it, we have to do something, and God's calling us to rest and to worship. And one of the things that we sang was, our, I think one of the songs is, my melody is my weapon. And man, it's counterintuitive. And, and so in, in battles that I find myself in recently, um, just practicing that presence of God and practicing that on my, in my own, in my room, um, you know, before I leave my room in the morning, it's just laying it down, and it's just worshiping, and it's resting, and man, it's hard. It's hard, and yet there's such a gift in it, and there's such a, it's just peace, it's God's peace, and he's the one that's doing it, right? He goes before us, he goes beside us, he walks behind us, so be encouraged. Rest. Thank you, Trish. Somebody else. Okay, well, I have something to share. I'll, I'll do it. Oh, Kelly's like, I got something. All right, I'll put this here. You can just come grab it if you want. Um, for those of you who don't know, I teach worship dance classes down the hall here, and often in those, we sort of spend time, like, learning how to hear God, and it's, it's a lot more than just dance. But we were having this uh, class, oh, maybe a couple months ago now, and I remember sharing this with our team in a, in a team meeting on a, on a Tuesday and uh, we were sort of just practicing listening to God as we're dancing and practicing hearing the voice of God. And, and I always give the kids a chance. I'm like, hey, did he tell you anything? Any pictures? Any? And it's just like silence. And you're like, oh. And it had been sort of like a rough couple months of teaching and a rough couple months of just sort of slugging along and just sort of, oh, God, does this even matter? And, and one of the kids just sort of puts her hand up. She's like, I think I might have heard something. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what did you hear? Like, I was so excited. She's like, well, I just like... I feel like, and we were sort of using pictures, so I'd put pictures up on the screen and be like, hey, what does God want to speak to you through this picture? We'd sort of use different things like that. And she's like, well, I so maybe it's sort of silly. And I was like, it's not silly. Come on, let's hear it. And she just goes, well, I feel like, like sometimes God says, like, he's made these, like, big places for us just to, like, be free and just sort of like roam and go wild. And then, but, but then he also sort of said, he's like, hey, but I also made these smaller spaces for you just to come and like rest and hide in me. And I'm like, 
And she's like, do you think that might have been from God? I was like, I think it might have been, sweetheart. Like, I was just like, yes. Yes, it was. You hear from the Lord. And so just encouraging you, if you're working with kids, even just for your own mind, like, you can hear from God. He's good. He's faithful to speak. And I was just like, for me, it's like, oh, that just set me up for the rest of the year for teaching. I was like, if one kid hears from the Lord in class, it's like victory moment. So that was sort of one of my God moments this year. Anybody else have a God moment that happened this year? We all do because he's always moving. He's always working. And you might be like, hey, this is just this tiny little thing, but it might be exactly what someone else needs to hear this morning. So I just encourage you, be brave. We're a family. It's a safe place to tell our stories. All right, Anita. And I am sanitizing the mics between use, so I've got a whole thing of Lysol. Well, I haven't really thought this through, um, but it's been my whole year. I, I feel like I can't share too many personal details. I feel like God has shown up a lot of time this year, but it's been a super hard year for our family, and especially for Patrick and I, and lots of griefs and uh, hard things and watching children really struggle, and my dad's very sick. And, um, but at the beginning of the year, for the first time ever, because I don't jump on trends very quickly, <laughs> I asked God, what word would you like me to have for this year? And I felt like it was a phrase, um, stand firm. It took a long time. You know, I prayed through a bunch of different things, but stand firm really landed. You know, you can also think of being steadfast or things like that. And um, I, through the year, I've learned so much about what it means to stand. Like in the Bible, it talks about, you know, there's one phrase, after you've done everything, to stand. And uh, it's, you know, one thing that has, is very hard in our culture is, say, you hurt people by your opinions or your beliefs about some very big <laughs> issues that are pretty, you know, in the Bible and there's division among Christians, and it's very hard um, leading a family at this time. Culture is very intense, and I have so often felt like, well, if I believe that, I can, you know, you can show as much love, but they don't feel loved if you believe differently. Um, then they won't think I love them, and I feel like God's really been teaching me to stand firm, um, but not in a, like a, pushy or an unkind way, you love, but you don't have to um, change your beliefs to love. Um, you can love. Just stand firm in that and just be patient because, you know, I've had people walk away, be angry, um, but I've, over the fruit of, say, like 10 years, I've seen them come back and say, I really respect that you didn't change your beliefs, that you stood firm, and um, seeing, you know, I guess prodigals come home. There's others that, you know, are still out there. Um, but, you know, it's not about me standing firm. It's about allowing God to, um, to help you stand firm. I've got a verse here, but I find it very hard to hold a mic. So 
this is a verse that actually that little Bible study you guys did at the beginning of the year, then um, Danielle shared it. And it's been one that I come back to over and over again. It's First Peter 5, verse 10. I actually memorized it. And the God of all grace, okay, so grace, what is, you know, undeserved favor, um, forgiveness of our sins, all of these things. We fail, I, I fail every single day. I'm sure I don't go through an hour without some kind of sin. Um, and so the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, so that there's... You know, suffering is part of the equation. It's hard. It can be very hard. Will himself restore you. He will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So stand firm, steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. So I just, it's not a mistake that the words grace and power, God's power is what makes us strong, firm, and steadfast and, and restores us. And, and many of you know I struggle with mental illness a bit depression anxiety and even in that there's a a place where I can stand firm like I can't always control what's going on because there's my mind and hormones and everything out of whack but I can still stand firm I might not know why I'm standing firm because I can't think but I still can stand firm I can I can not doubt in the dark what I knew in the light and my experience in the light so that's been another lesson for me. Um, I remember one person saying, don't doubt your faith, doubt your doubts. <laughs> like, just don't necessarily trust everything you think or everything that goes through your mind or everything you read. So anyway, I, I could probably preach a sermon on it. <laughs> but anyway, I just encourage you guys to do a little study on standing firm, and it's very powerful. Thanks, Anita so good. Well, Andrew, I know you've got some stuff to share this morning. Why don't you come up? Bring your beautiful family, because you're here in Canada. Hello, Life Tree. As many, will, many of you will know, we're, we're, uh, my name is Andrew. Um, this is my family. They're, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. And we're missionaries in Uganda. And uh, a lot of you have been on a journey with us. Okay. You guys are hearing me? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I'm old now, and I have hearing aids, and they sound a little funny. Anyways, uh, we're, we're here in Canada with two Canadian citizens that have been adopted. <laughs> And uh, this is our first day at Life Tree, their home church. So this is a, this is an amazing day. This journey began for us on November 11th, 2014, and ends here today, or maybe begins again here today. Um, so I want to I want to let Joshua and Grace just in quickly introduce themselves, and then we're going to just share a little bit about our journey. Hi, my name's Joshua, and I'm 10 years old. Hello, ma, 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 my name's Grace. Hello. Do you guys want to stay here or do you want to go sit down? You want to sit down on the edge of the stage? There you go. So we've been thinking about what to share this morning. And there's, you know, many miles between 
November 11th, 2014, and now to share. But uh, we're going to try and condense that down to a very few words. And I was trying to think, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the beginning of the journey, and Terry's going to wind it up at the end. And the middle is yet to be told. Um, many of you have been part of our, of our process, and we thank you for that. You've prayed for us. You've shared the journey. You've struggled with us. You've screamed with us. Um, what is that? That's seven full years in order to uh, bring these guys to, to Life Tree today. And I just want to share at the beginning, um, Terry turned up. Ter Terry sent me to Uganda ahead of her about a month. And I turned up in Uganda. I had a, I had a house and a plastic chair and my computer and a bug tent. And um, I remember one night thinking, there was also 13 boxes that she had sent me with. And I remember one night thinking, oh, okay, I can sit here with my plastic chair. Or I can go and look at these boxes, see what's there. Maybe there's something I can do. And I pulled out plastic bottles and diapers and just every child thing ever known to man. And, but there wasn't anything interesting in there for me to do, but I did get a sense of where my wife's head, my wife was headed. Um, and later on that year, she met Grace. Grace was two years old and four kilograms, I believe. Um, so she was really, really malnourished. And her brother was, her brother Joshua was similar. And Terry started talking to me about fostering these two children, and I was on mission, you know, I mean, I'm over here with God, I'm in my truck, we're going to South Sudan today, I'm on mission, and so this was, uh, this was not conducive to, to where I was going, I had grown two children, I had three grandchildren in Canada, starting a family again at 50 or 52 or whatever it was I was, uh, was not really for me, and I got to South Sudan, and she called me up, and she said, when something like this, because the, the in South Sudan, the, the airwaves don't work quite so well, so it went, kids, extra, house tonight, and, and I was, oh my goodness, what is going on, and um, I sat down with God for the, the next day, and we, we started to struggle through this together. And Terry, I had, to, I had to be very honestly, she was hearing from God. She had a vision from God. She was hearing him, and I couldn't deny that. And so I said to God, I pleaded with God. I screamed at God, why aren't you talking to me? And we, you know, I just said, God, I have nothing. Um, and I'm on mission. You know that, right, God? And, <laughs> and so... We, we struggled through the day, and where do you go for wisdom in the Bible? You go to Proverbs, so I went to Proverbs, and I just remember reading eight chapters of Proverbs, Proverbs, and, and then very carefully saying, God, do you have something else to tell me other than about women that I shouldn't be with, which is what, which is what the first eight chapters of Proverbs is about. And uh, in frustration, I went to sleep, and when I woke up, I was, uh, go ahead and read it. Um, when I woke up, I was listening to a worship song, which just told me, trust me. And I started to internalize what God was asking for me in that moment. And what he was, what he was teaching me was that we all look for a word, a picture, uh, some preacher who's going to single you out of the crowd over everyone else and give you a, 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 a mission. 
we're, we're all looking for something dramatic to happen, to direct us. But what he did was he took me to some work that I had done, and he reminded me of our commission in Uganda to go. He showed me verses like, true religion is this, First James, or yeah, James 1, 27. And he reminded me that, Andrew, I've already commissioned you. I've already set you on the journey. And I'm asking for obedience. And so I learned a lesson about obedience in this. And he just, he just digested with me that this is just as powerful, just basic obedience to what the Bible says is as powerful, as important as all the, the showy things that we look for in those moments. And uh, so with my wife clearly experiencing a word from God and me um, walking in obedience, these two little guys joined us on November 11th and um, yeah, and we've never been the same in a good way. And I want to share just one more thing. About a month after they came in the house, I was tucking Joshua into his bed. And there was, I was saying goodnight to this little guy, quite a bit littler, about half as small as you are today, Joshua. And I remember just about to say, goodnight, I love you. And I held the reins. I pulled the rein back. And I, and I thought, that's a big line to cross. Um, and I didn't, did I, did I agree to that? Did I agree to the long-term thing? And I went away and I prayed and I digested this situation. And the next night, with complete conviction, I said, good night, Joshua. I love you. And, and again, what I was learning, and what I've learned a lot in this journey, is that we make conscious decisions I'm going to love this child. And I do love this child <laughs> very much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just not an ushy-gushy thing. It's a decision. And, and, and when you decide, when you take the step, God shows up. And he fills your heart. And he fills your world. And we've so, we are so blessed to have these two little guys in our family. So we walked a lot of years since then, and the process has been slow. You've been on the journey with us. We would have to, it took a year for, you know, once we decided we were going to adopt, it took a year for phase one, which was the government of Canada agreeing that I was a Canadian citizen with the right to adopt. And so it's taken years to get through the paperwork and the process. But at the end, everything changed. And we started to have to run after Jesus because he wanted it done. And I'm going to let Terry share that part of the journey. Yeah. It, the Kleenex, yes. Um, <laughs> just to, to tell a little bit about these two, you can tell that Grace's pants describe her personality to a T, um, and the very pink coat, and Joshua is much more subdued, much more thoughtful and studious, but uh, 
they are definitely brother and sister, and they're their own best friends. And uh, so I think along this, for us, <laughs> it felt like a very long journey. Um, we could, if it, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and we look back and we can see the various time frames that we've had throughout it all. It was sort of a three years for this, and then, wow, now we've got two years for this. And then what Andrew was saying, it was supposed to be um, about five months for him to get his, that he's a Canadian citizen and he can pass that on to the kids. Instead of five months, it was closer to 10. And during that time, Andrew's dad actually fell and broke his hip. So it was like, okay, do we wait for all this process to complete or should Andrew go like now? And God blessed us in that we got our first vaccine in June. We got our second one in September. Two weeks later, there was a flight and Andrew was gone to be with his dad. And while he was there, he talked to our lawyers about this whole Canadian citizenship stuff. Where is it? What's happening? And I know he's talked about the treasure chest and before he left, we were seeing it opened lots. And we were getting lots of gold out of it. And Andrew went into the office pretty much the first day he was here, which was the Wednesday. Gave them all the paperwork that they needed for part two. And we were thinking, oh, great. Okay, now it's going to be another year before the kids have their citizenship. We got confirmation of their citizenship two weeks later. On October 18th, they were Canadian citizens. Um, then it was, okay, do me and the kids come, like, now? Or do we wait for Andrew to come back and we go? It's, it's going to be winter time when we go. Um, and it's like, okay, let's see what we can do. We need to get their passports first. Okay, so we actually wasted a week <laughs> getting paperwork from here to Uganda. I took it down to the consulate, and they said, I can't use this. So Andrew came here and he did some stuff and then I went back again two days later and everything was in order. And have you paid? No, I thought I paid here. No, you're supposed to pay online. I was like, oh no. <coughs> and she said, well, it's new so I can take your payment. Thank you, Lord. So we got it paid. Okay, it's going to be seven weeks. Oh, goodness. This was the beginning of November, wasn't it, Andrew? Something like that. It's like, right, five weeks. Okay, Christmas is out. Okay. Um, and we were blessed that I actually, we hadn't sent one of the pieces of paper that we needed to send. So it doesn't get done in Uganda. It got sent to Rwanda, Kigali. And they called me, well, they emailed me, and said, we're missing this piece of paper. Can you send it? No problem. Two hours later, I had sent it. Oh, thank you. That was so fast. And it's like, yeah, we're really trying to speed up the process so we can get to Canada by Christmas. Oh, okay. So several more weeks go by, and it's like, okay, maybe I should, like, call this lady and see what's happened. I think Andrew had called the, the consulate, and they said, yeah, it's left Canada. But, of course, it's got to leave Canada because the passports are printed in Canada no matter where you are. Um, from Canada, it's got to go back to Kigali and then to Uganda. I can't just go straight. Anyway, 
Um, and, okay, so I emailed this very nice person. I don't even know if it's a lady or a gentleman. And I said, any chance you can tell me where the passports are? And she said, yeah, we just sent them off. They'll be there on Monday. And I was like, yes. And this was December 14th. No, I'm sorry. Back, It was back a week, wasn't it? Anyway, it was not quite the fourth. It was the ninth. And we thought, okay, great. It was like, no, now we need to get passes in the passports because <laughs> as soon as they're Canadian citizens, they lose their Ugandan citizenship. They can't leave on their Ugandan passport because they would need a Canadian visa. They can't leave on their Canadian passport because there's no pass in it. How did they get this passport? How did they get into country? So we talked to our, our friend that deals with all the paperwork, and it was like, yeah, it usually takes two weeks to get this done. Uh-oh. Any chance we could speed this up? Is there an ex expedited? <laughs> and well, no, not really. Maybe a week. And it's like, okay. We sent it all in. The day I got the passports, I had somebody drive me downtown. I picked up the passports. I dropped them off with this fellow with all the other work that he needed. And he was going off to see this lady in, in uh, immigration. That was on Thursday. On Monday, we got the call that we could pick them up Tuesday. And I was like, yes. And uh, I won't go into the fact that the truck didn't start on Tuesday. And that was a whole other thing that I had to do. But somebody was there within the hour to pick me up and to take me down to get them. And I picked them up, and I was there for maybe five minutes. I mean, it was so fast. The kids went in and saw these nice people. And I get home, and I go, Andrew, I've got the passports. Here they are. And he goes, well, you can be on a flight on the 15th. <laughs> like, um, um, today's the 14th. Okay, I could do that. That's the 15th, and that would get us there for Christmas. That's awesome. And he looked again, and it's like, mm, no, that's like 20 minutes after midnight on the 15th, which basically is tonight. And I was like, yeah, okay, I can still do that. Let's do this. So somebody else took us all downtown because then we had to get our COVID test. Peter took us. Yes, Peter was very good, and Peter took us down. And that we sailed through. And then we went back, and I packed, and we got on the plane, and then we were here. And it was such a whirlwind from everything taking from three years to two years to one year to weeks, and then it was down to hours. And like Andrew said, we were running to keep up with God for all that he had us to get here. And uh, we were here for Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. So I'll just wind up if I can. Um, thanks for giving us a few minutes this morning. So this has just been a really exciting journey, and, and it has just accelerated like an elastic band out of a boomerang, you know, I mean, or no, out of a <laughs> slingshot um, at the end there. And, and we're just so blessed that God looks after us. But I think, you know, when you think about the, a bit of a rough start, a long, long middle, and a really accelerated end, the thing that we were talking about that really kind of sticks out to us is perseverance. Um, God has his own timing. And he wants the journey to be instructive. And 
if we're compliant and we, and we walk that journey the way he wants us to walk it, then, uh, you know, he, he will take, I, I think, as little time as it needs to, to get the job done. But uh, at times we need change. We need change in our, in our minds and our hearts. And uh, we just want to thank you guys uh, as our sending church for standing with us throughout it. I know that many, many of you have Zoomed with us and Skyped with us and chatted with us online and encouraged us and prayed for us and helped us pay the bills. And what a blessing you are. So we're just so thrilled to stand in front of you as a family uh, of Canadians. And, uh, you know, I don't know whether you have time, but it would be amazing if we could pray for the, for the kids. And just we just want to declare that these kids are going to be raised in a Christian home with Christian values. Um, and, you know, so we're asking you to walk with us as our home church through that process. Yeah. Yeah, let's pray. Let's pray. Kelly, why don't you come? Lorraine, do you want to come and pray with us? Uh, Father, I just thank you so much for the work that you've been doing here in this family. Father, right from the beginning when you began to speak to Terry and Andrew to go, and Lord, the obedience that they had just in that first step, and how you brought Grace and Joshua to them, and how you've shown yourself so faithful and so able and I bless this family in the name of Jesus. We receive Grace and Joshua into our family here, into this country that's now theirs, and into your continued work in their lives, Lord. We bless this, these ones, and we bless Terry, and we bless Andrew. And we thank you so much for the inspiration that they are to us. We thank you, Jesus. And Father, we just speak um, just uh, supernatural joy and continued treasures for the Bandman family in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask for divine encounters as they spend time here in Canada right now, even more so, Lord. And I pray for just a deep, deep infusion of joy and strength and rest for them as they're here, Father. So we thank you for Joshua and Grace. Thank you for Andrew and Terry, Lord. And and I agree, we do welcome them into our extended family, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There we go. Let's keep it going. Anybody else? Some God stories. What's God been doing in your life? These guys are so cute. So this is not something I normally do, but I want it to be. So this is obedience right here. Um, yeah, I'm <laughs> just feeling like the last two years, basically since I graduated, I felt like I always wanted to like do a DTS or do something big and like a big step in my faith. Just the start of you know adulthood, basically, um, and 
this, I think it was kind of spring or fall of 2020, I was really like looking into it and just not feeling any clarity for anything. Um, I was like, there's too many options. <laughs> like they all sound pretty good, but I wanna know like this is the right thing to do. Um, anyways, never really felt that kind of, yeah, just clarity, but I kind of grew just like waiting and waiting. I felt like God gave me so much clarity of being like, no, this is where you're meant to be right now. Um, you're meant to be here and resting, and there might be a next thing for you, but it might not be a crazy thing or some like something you need to go somewhere to do. Um, I just felt a lot of clarity and like you can learn where you are and you don't need to, um, yeah, like go to get an experience to grow in your faith. Basically, I can do it where I am. Um, and yeah, so I made that my mission. I was like, if I'm going to stay here, I'm going to stay well. And I think I, I like read the Bible. That was like my first kind of, okay, this is uh, just something I need to do in my spiritual growth and maturity. Um, so that was like pretty crazy. I started off trying to read it in 90 days and that didn't happen. It was about 120 or something, but pretty good. And I felt like really, yeah, really encouraged by the end. I was like, I made that my mission and it, I finished and that felt really empowering. Um, and then just in this last year, just feeling like I read so many other kind of spiritual growth books. Um, and actually this morning, I am on my 39th day of Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Um, and that just like 40 days <laughs> has been like, whoa. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> didn't really know what was coming. And I feel like uh, this morning even was pretty, a lot of clarity and yeah, this is your purpose was to stay and to rest here. Um, and even as Trish was saying this morning and Anita too, like steadfastness, rest, just being, um, that's just been such a huge part of my life in the last two years, I would say. Um, yeah, I've also just completely taken on worship to be my <laughs> my thing, which has felt amazing as well. And I think some songs that have just been like super impactful recently um there's one with the lyrics um here I am in the palm of your hand nothing can take me away and that's like exactly what I felt this year um another one a theme of being in God's hands and in his care but um that one was uh just trying to basically just about like if I'm here this is my purpose and this is my calling um, yeah anyways I've just really felt like a pretty deep joy and satisfaction and peace and just like oh that was the epiphany that needed to happen it wasn't some decision or some like leaving to find my calling it totally came and met me where I am he came and met me um, yeah, I just want to share that. It's been a big, <laughs> big thing. I love it. I love it.
like sitting there crying in the front row. Anybody else? Hi, morning church. My name's Adam. I don't think you've, if you haven't met me yet, that's my wife, Kim. We have three boys, Gideon, Malachi, and Jude. Uh, we are missionaries with YWAM Youth with a Mission. We're the ones that do DTSs. Uh, we've been with YWAM since 2003, and for the last eight years, we were serving in the South Pacific. Uh, but a few years ago, God told us that he was going to call us back to Canada to start a new ministry here in Canada. So in the middle of COVID, we came back to Canada. I uh, felt like God w told us that we had to be on the west coast of Canada, and so we felt to come to Victoria. And so last summer, uh, we felt like God said to begin this ministry, we have to pray across Canada. And with COVID, we felt we could do half of Canada. We, we started in Winnipeg. We spent the, the month of August traveling towards Victoria, and we were meeting with Christians, Christian leaders and pastors and trying to figure out what's happening in Canada. We haven't been here for eight years What's, where is God moving? What is happening? What does evangelism look like? So uh, that was a great month. And as we got closer to Victoria, we're uh, somewhere outside Vancouver. God said to us, when you get to Victoria, buy a house. And uh, it was one of those funny things because we didn't really want to buy a house. It wasn't in our plans. And I don't know if you know this, but houses are really expensive here. <laughs> and But in obedience, we came over onto the island, the like first week of September and we started to look at houses and it's insane it's just insane we put in a couple of offers at houses we put 200,000 over and then the winning bid would be $500,000 over the asking price but we in obedience our little team started looking at houses uh, and we had the smallest amount of money we had like $46,000 to buy a two million dollar house um, the bank says that doesn't work we found out, um, but we, we were looking at obedience, and we met a family at Fort Victoria RV Park, where we had, we'd bought an RV, we were living at, at Fort Victoria, and this family asked us what we were doing, and said, we're going to buy a house, and they said, do you have money? I said, no, we don't actually have money, and the, the, the wife, they're a Christian family, uh, but the wife looked at me, and she laughed, and I was a little bit embarrassed, but I said to her, well, in Isaiah, it says, come those who have no money come and buy and eat. And I said, well, the Bible says we can do this. So uh, just a few hours later, that woman and her husband came and knocked on our trailer and said, oh, okay, well, we prayed about it, and God said to give you $200,000. So they gave us $200,000. We kept putting offers in on properties, um, trying to find a place. We found a place just over here on West Saanich Road, and we put in an offer below asking, uh, which is another step of faith, and they accepted our offer. And so they accepted our offer, but it's expensive. We still needed another $150,000. And so we started to pray for that $150,000, um, told a couple of our friends and churches this is what we were doing, and they stood with us and they prayed. Uh, we did get like $5,000. And then our board met, and we had four more days until the offer was closed. So we still needed about $145,000 with five days to go. Our board prayed about it and said, we believe God wants to do this. And so they, we made a motion. It passed. About 90 seconds later, my phone rang. 
I was kind of busy, so I said, Kim, Kim, come take the call. So my wife took the call. She comes running back into the room. She says, someone just gave us another $100,000. And so anyway, long story short, within the next few days, we have the full amount, and we take possession in 30 days. That's the end of the house story. But, yeah, hopefully we have a chance to tell you more later. But we're so excited what God is doing here in Canada. And we're going to be your neighbors just about, it's like 2.2 kilometers down the road here. And uh, a lot more exciting things are happening. And we're, yeah, we believe in God for great things. What? Come on. That's awesome. I love it. God is so good. Come on, he makes a way. We serve a God who makes a way where there is no way which is amazing. Anybody else this morning? Yes, yes. Paul, yes. I'll just go real quick off that. Uh, it's funny to me how God speaks in little stuff. So I felt like about uh, two months ago I needed to read Reese Howell's book again. So I worked through that. And when I was working through it, um, Reese Howell's was standing on uh, George Mueller's book, who had the orphanages. And so I've been reading that, and then God just speaks little things to me, and it's funny. It's not like big prophetic words. The one that stood out was he prayed, I think it was 1,273 days for this money for an orphanage. And on that day, he wrote down in his journal, I have 90% of it, because he just wasn't going to build until he had the full amount. And I just felt like for me, that was just it. It's like, write out your prayers. Who are you praying for? And just mark a date. And so simple little things like that, God speaks to us. It's not big and profound, and I didn't get a big scripture or a dream. It's just something simple. So I just thought to encourage you, what's God saying that's really simple for you? Because if it's simple, it's true. Is that working? Is that working? Yeah? Okay. Um, I had an argument with God this morning. I had an argument with God this morning because I didn't want to come up here. Um, obviously, he knows. Um, a number of weeks ago, I came up here and gave a lament, and it was um, it was what God wanted me to do. He gave me the words to to speak, um, and it was it was right and appropriate. But when I left, I felt I'd only told half the story. Um, just for those that are not aware. Over the last handful of years, I got really, really sick. Um, I underwent chemotherapy. Um, yeah, it's just awful. And during that time also, um, my, hun my son, my 22-year-old son, was struggling with the heroin addiction. And he uh, ended up overdosing, and he died about a year and a half ago. So if we agreed, I'm not going to cry through this. So, um, And yeah, those are... <laughs> awful things that we went through, but the other half of the story is um, over the last about a year and a half, I have continued to get better, and you know, there's there's been no miraculous instant healing in my life, but oh my goodness, there's been healing. I am so much stronger and so much more capable now than I was a year and a half ago. I crawled from my bed to my couch and back to my bed. It was It was horrible. And, you know, praise Jesus, look at me now. Um, 
it was horrible what we went through with our son. And Jesus got him saved before he left. And there is such joy knowing that he's right now with Jesus. And that his life is so full of joy and excitement. Like, it's so easy for me to see what I'm missing out in not having him here. But God is so quick to remind me, this is so temporary. And there is very soon a day coming when we'll be reunited. And then we've got eternity together. And there is so much joy in my heart because of that. And I wanted to share that in particular. I am a very joyful man. I cry a lot. But I'm very joyful because of what he's done. You know, um, God told my wife that had Isaiah stayed here, it would have spiraled into something much, much worse. And it was already very, very bad at the stage it was. And that this is... God provided a way where there was none. And now he's home. And he's doing just fine. Thank you very much. Throughout this whole process, we've been told that um, most marriages fall apart. And um, although my wife isn't here to attest to it today, um, if you ask her, she will tell you that our marriage is now stronger than it has ever been. We are so close and we just, we enjoy Jesus together. It's, I don't have words to describe for it. It's heavenly. It really is, and that's him in, in, in um, giving us that joy together. And then on the financial side of things, I've been really busy sort of coping with all the stuff that's happened. Um, um, not this last year, but the year before, God saw fit to wipe out $50,000 worth of debt that I had been carrying for mm, probably about 20 years. And then recently, he got rid of my mortgage um, that I've been carrying for 26 years, and I am 100% debt-free. And that's like so Jesus to do that, because it's something that has been burdening me for all these years, and I don't have any debt anymore. And it's like, I'm joyful about it, but it's more to the point that I'm so, that's just him. That's who he is. That's how he operates. That's, you know, he desires for us to, to experience that. So, um, the most important thing about all of it, um, or over and above all of it, is my walk with Jesus now is at a level of intimacy I didn't dream possible. And I love him so much, but way more than I love him, he loves me. And he's just, uh, life is so worth living right now. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it still hurts that my boy's not here with me, um, but that'll change. That's just temporary. But I have such joy to be alive, and that's just absolutely Jesus. So good. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to follow Tim because I have another word of healing, I believe. Not in my own life, but um, in Callie's dad's life. So he, he had uh, knee surgery about two months ago. He went into the hospital for knee surgery and it, it didn't go well. He got an infection in the knee and uh, so he had to go back and have an emergency um, take that knee out and they put in a, 
a temporary plastic knee that I guess is infused with antibiotics and he's been on this uh, cycle of antibiotics for, for about six weeks. And after that second surgery, he, he uh, went into delirium, which I didn't really, I've heard of delirious, and you're kind of, you know, not with it. But anyways, he went into a delirium, and uh, it, was, it was like dementia, basically. He, uh, he kind of lost speech. He lost, um, like, just most, <laughs> most everything um, to do with just being, being able to have a conversation. It came back a little bit, but, you know, the conversations would involve things that were just, like, way out there. You know, he was living on a spaceship. There was, like, it was just, he wasn't himself at all. He's a super intelligent scientist kind of guy, and uh, so the conversations were just not Terry. Um, and he was, you know, things were getting a little bit better. He could actually carry a conversation. It might have been a little bit strange, but he, you know, he, he had lucid moments in it. Uh, and then he suffered a stroke. And uh, this is, I don't know, about a week and a half ago or something like that. Um, he suffered a stroke. We didn't know anything about it. We, we've been driving. Callie at first was living at her mom's place for a couple weeks, and then um, her mom has come to live with us. But we've been going back and forth to the hospital in Duncan. And so we uh, showed up at the hospital in Duncan on Tuesday, not knowing that he'd had a stroke, um, just I think that morning. And so he was, he was right out, like uh, couldn't talk at all, had no movement in his right side. Um, and Cal's mom has also, uh, you know, you can imagine the stress that she's been going through. She's, she's really had some effects of the stress too, just with confusion and, and memory loss and stuff like that. So seeing this was super stressful and uh, just a really rough, rough patch. Um, the next day, her little dog, who she adored, um, and have had for 15 years. Uh, like Callie and her mom went up by themselves that day and so the little dog stayed with us and the dog thankfully didn't die while it was with me but had to be put down the next day. And so she, you know, is... for Cal's mom. People can talk and cry at the same time. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> anyways, for Cal's mom, it really looked like she was losing her husband. And her dog, and it was really just super hard. Sorry. Be louder without this. <laughs> if, I, if I have to talk into this, I can't be loud, and then I can't talk and cry at the same time. So, um, anyways, it was just terrible. Like it was, it was the worst. We're just thinking, God, what, what's going on here? Um, but, but God, right? Um, so, uh, this this stroke was 
like it just happened. It we didn't know how bad it was. He had a seizure after it, and he had a couple multiple seizures after that, like small ones. And he was being kept in ICU, um, just to in case he had another stroke. Um, but we went up a couple days later, and uh, the stroke symptoms were gone. His delirium was gone. Like, he, he went six weeks without being able to carry a conversation that made any sense. Um, and we've been, uh, we were up. We didn't go up yesterday. We went up the day before. And he was clear, lucid, like, being able to carry a conversation. Um, you know, he hadn't been able to get up out of his bed and do, like, personal stuff on his own. Uh, he can do that now. He, get, he got up and he like gets himself down the hall. He went for a walk. He can go to the washroom. He can do all these things on his own to the point where it looks like he might be home Tuesday. Like, and, and we were just wondering what, like, they have a house up in Cobble Hill and we're like thinking through all the, do, do we need to like sell it and move down here? Like all these thoughts of like what, what next? And like he might be home on Tuesday. And uh, another part of this is, is that's, uh, you know, still unfolding, but um, uh, Cal's parents grew up in the church but haven't really had that as a part of their life for, for uh, the last 40 or 50 years. But um, Madeline came with us on New Year's Eve to the worship service and just, like, hasn't stopped talking about it since. She loved it. She's like... She's talked about how this is, needs to be part of their life again. And, and so I just see, like, God working in such beautiful ways through it. Yeah, so. So good. Check, check. Did you mute me? Check. There we are. Anybody else? What's God been up to you? Oh, we got a lineup now. All right, here we go. Good morning, Life Tree. Just wanted to share a few things that have been fantastic. Um, I don't know for those of you um, who enjoy reading the scriptures, how much of a struggle it is or how easy it is to read daily. But there was a group of us as men that happened to be sitting on either side of me this morning, Fabio and Drew and a few others, and we agreed this year we were going to read every day a chapter and we text each other each day what we were learning. It's kind of like, I guess we could cut and paste and end up with a commentary of half the Bible after what's happened over the last year, but what an incredible encouragement to have others, and I just want to put that out to anybody who's listening. You know, if it's been a struggle or you need to encourage someone else, maybe get a little team together and find your medium of communication where you can uh, read scripture. That's been a huge, huge part of my life that's been amazing this year. Um, also would draft off of what Al just shared. My parents had a really rough year health-wise. My dad was in the hospital for two months over last Christmas. We didn't know if he'd get out. We've been able this year to sell their place in Victoria, move them to live with family. And I'm chatting last night and laughing with them on the phone and just hearing what God's done to restore after strokes and a whole bunch of other hospitalizations. It's been cool to see the healing. Um, I also felt compelled to share with you guys something about someone who you may or may not know here in town, Jeremy and Becky Fast with Open Arms Ministries. have worked with Youth for Christ. He's been one of the most profound 
um, ministers on the streets of Victoria for, I think, seven or eight years. He's one of the physically largest people you'll meet, generally bald or with an awesome mohawk, and he's truly open arms. He just hugs people and shows them to Jesus. And he and his wife Becky felt a really strong call to move, and they put an offer on some property in the prairies, and it was contingent on the sale of their place here, and they were down to two days left for their offer to stand. They hadn't had one offer, and they just received me. They just received an acceptable offer on their place to sell, and God's already opened up arms, um, op more opportunities for Jeremy to see ministry where they're going, and has already got a great kind of baton pass going on for the ministry of open arms here in Victoria, so I've been meeting with the person who's the next in line for Jeremy's ministry. It's really cool to see what God's going to continue doing. Another great prayer request for me over the last years has been our eldest son. He's about to turn 26 and been struggling in and out of treatment in a number of places over the last number of years. And um, he was taking those calls that he would get from the center where he's living to call me. He would call me for quite a few months just to tell me how faithless his life was. Pretty hard conversation to get a call from someone you love to be told, just to reinforce, I don't believe anything you ever taught me. And watch the struggles as that doesn't work for him as well. And things shifted radically in the last month. Uh, he calls me still a few times a week, but he started off a call a few weeks ago with the opening line, no one can get a breakthrough in treatment until they've had a spiritual experience. <laughs> and he'd been profoundly atheist up until the prior call. So really cool to see how God's been meeting him right where he's at, and he phones me up to tell me what he's learning and hearing in prayer and what God's doing in his life, and just excited to see the shift that's been taking place. I'm really grateful for that. Um, many of you have been praying for him for years, so thank you. And the final thing, just I guess, just like Anita shared about Stand Firm is kind of her theme for this past year, which is so profound I felt like what Isabel shared was kind of fitting in as well. But the thing that I feel God's giving me that kind of follows in line with a lot of what others have shared this morning is kind of a theme of obey fast or obey quick. Like when God whispers or suggests or nudges to do something, do it. Slow obedience is disobedience. And so what I'm hoping for in this coming year in my life is that when I'm listening and tuned in, God will speak. I know he will, and he'll just be on it going for it. So, bless you. Hi, everybody. I think most of you know me. I'm Teresa. I've been at this church, I think it's maybe been six, maybe seven years already, and I've been, I was single for most of those years, and most of you know I got married about a year ago, December 23rd, 2020, and despite it being COVID and a strange year, we had a wonderful first year together. And just a quick life update that I am pregnant and expecting um, in July. So just very excited about that. So that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, she says. Oh, my gosh. Woo! Babies are the best. Hooray. Lorraine. Just to respond to Stacy's challenge. Anyway, so the thing that I feel prompted to share is um, more about Bruce. Well, I, because it's Bruce, it's my life too. So, But uh, for years and years, Bruce has been called to the nation. If he has a life scripture, it's all about being called to the nations and going to the nations. And 
So he's done that over these past, oh, I don't know how many years, for a long time. But then COVID hit, and that kind of put a stop to it. But it was funny because even though he couldn't like get on an airplane and go anywhere, he started going, I, I said he zoomed across the world, and he was imparting to so many nations to the point that uh, he was like mentoring a whole group of mm, leadership people in Brazil, still talking with people in Uganda, um, speaking to people around the world through a group that he's a part of called uh, Third Education Revolution, and uh, prophesying over people in Norway, prophesying over people from, well, in Brazil and in Colombia, and around and around it went. And that was all throughout 2020. And then uh, this year, once things opened up and he realized, no, my call is still the same. So he went ahead with his vaccinations in time to take a trip to Uganda. And he ended up in Uganda, Nigeria. And those were the two countries he ministered in. And it's a huge story. I won't go into it. But open doors, miracles, all this stuff happening for him. And then he came home for about five days and went down to Brazil and was in uh, 17 days, I think it was, he went to eight cities and ministering in churches with government leaders, um, business people, schools on the street, and prophesying everywhere he went. But he said it was so interesting because, I mean, we're familiar with Bruce prophesying over and into people's lives. But what he found with this trip, particularly in Brazil, was this prophetic, mm, maybe apostolic thing. It was like the Lord would give words to him to give to people how to move into what the Lord was calling them to and giving strategic plans. And so I just wanted to testify to that. Like, it doesn't matter if we have airplane tickets or whatever, if the Lord calls you to do something or to go somewhere, just start doing it. I mean, we have the technology now to go everywhere. And so if it's like, okay, I feel called to Zimbabwe, I can't say it, why did I choose that one? Zimbabwe, then try to find out somebody who might know somebody in Zimbabwe and start doing little calls with them and, and be obedient to that. Pray for that nation, pray for that people group. Whatever it is that the Lord has in your heart to do, do it regardless of circumstance. Buy a house when you have no money. I'm taking hold of that one. So anyways, God bless y'all. I love it. You've been told. Hi, guys. Um, I felt like God was giving me a nudge just to come up here and share this. Um, so... Um, sorry. Yep, there we go. Oh. Um, okay, I felt like God was giving me a nudge to come up, here and sh come up here and share this. Something that he spoke to me this year was, uh, yeah, just about, it ties in with our friends Paul and Shirley Diggle and how, you know, just for the last number of years, this church has really come alongside them and supported them. 
and just been there for them, whether it's the youth group going to help clean up the yard or whether it's people praying with them in these last year and, and a bit, but uh, or just the, the blessing it's been for our family to just walk with them. And, uh, but the thing that God said to me, like this last year, which I felt like he wanted me to come up here and share today, is just that, that that's kind of like a template for this church on how we can love our community. It's just how we can reach out to people that are in need and just come alongside them and whatever that is. But whether it's people that don't have family or whether it's, you know, people that just need help with, with their, you know, yard or whatever. But I don't know. God's going to make that make sense, is that that's a template for us and for this church on just how we can love our community and how we can impact and s just be the hands and feet of Jesus. So. Thanks, Drew. Okay. I'm going to bring this down a bit. <laughs> uh, I work for home care. I do, I, I do people. I washed them, bathed them. And I was going down Dallas Road, and uh, I felt the Lord said, turn into here. Well, you know, this big uh, hill. I'm kind that I would jump from anywhere and do anything like this. So there's this big hill, and all these kids are sliding down. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I don't have a sled. I don't have nothing. So I thought, well, I'm just going to start walking. So I walked, and I seen these two little boys building an eagle. So I said, can I help you? Yes. So I went into the bush and got a stick and... And, this, and they had their sled there. So I said to them, um, can I use one of your sleds? Oh, no, you're an adult, and you cannot do this. And I s he said, you better ask my mom. So I thought, okay, goodbye. So I'm going up the hill, and I seen this gray sled, a, a plastic one. It was a bit cut. So I thought, okay, I'll take it. Climbed up the hill. <laughs> there I, I started going down. I went about three times, which was a lot of fun. And I got the fourth time, and a lady comes up and says to me, are you going to do this, she says. And I said, well, why not? And I said, come on, with on with me. And so she did. <laughs> so we have fun. That's awesome. Anybody else? Any other God stories this morning? Come on up, Leanne. Um, so, hold it real close. Real close? Is yep. that working? Um, so this is just my obedience. Thanks, Stacy. Um, I don't normally speak or do anything without thinking it through first. <laughs> um, so I don't actually know how this is going to go. But I did write in my journal yesterday that I was committing to sharing today. So here I am. Um, I don't know that I really have like a God moment of the year. Um, I just do have this thing that's been on my heart, um, kind of a spiritual discipline that the Lord has been showing me um, that's new for me that's really been um, very freeing. So I just wanted to share it with you because I thought it might be helpful for some of you um, as well. So um, one thing that the Lord has taught me early on in my parenting, like from the time when I think Amelia was like too little to remember, um, when I had a bad parenting moment, um, I, he taught me the discipline of asking for forgiveness. Like, literally, like, like 360, like, okay, I'm so sorry. Like, like on the spot. Um, so that's been really helpful. But 
it's different, I found out, than confession. Um, and that's been something that the Lord has been showing me this year of just like owning where I'm at and whether it's in word, whether it's silently or with like out loud on a walk or in a journal of just being like, I am tired, I'm angry, I'm, I've been lazy, I've been selfish, like just confessing all the things I haven't loved well um, and just owning it. And, and then he shows up and there's like this freedom and it's kind of like this... Um, it's like it's ours, like he's paid for our freedom, he's paid for our forgiveness, but until we confess it, it kind of feels like we can't really walk in it. And it's like we know that he has the whiteboard eraser, but until we take the red marker and write down the stuff, he can't wipe it away. Um, so that's just, um, it's been really um, freeing. And um, I hope that's helpful for you. One other thing, just to piggyback on what Andrew was saying, um, when he was probably getting the call about his dad breaking his hip. We were sitting in the kitchen, and the two of us kind of confessing, really, maybe for the first time about things that were hard and things that we'd kind of been doing this on for a while. And we're like, man, if only we had a third person. <laughs> and we thought, hey, you know, Andrew, well, like, let's set up a Zoom call. And so we call Andrew, and he's like, actually, I'm on my way to Canada. We're like, hmm, really? <laughs> and he has been so faithful. And so gifted with like sticky notes and like we just plastered the walls with sticky notes and we just confessed where we were feeling what we were thinking and um yeah just i guess my testimony is that um yeah that the lord if you ask um he will provide the perfect person to to walk with you to listen um and the power of three is another another thing that's really powerful and i don't know what that what that means or what that even looks like going ahead, but, um, yeah. Thanks, Leanne. All right, Fabio. I'm not going to clean the mic. She's your wife. Ew, no. Said I'm going to lick it for those on the live No, screen. I didn't. Again, obedience, right? But I actually enjoy this, so it's kind of like <laughs> I could be here all day. Um, the Lord has been teaching me about culture, the culture that we carry as believers. And long story, but we have a business, another business. And it's a business that takes care of people and something that I never thought that I would actually be involved in. But I love business and I have people in the business that know all about taking care of people. So it kind of works perfect. And some of these people who don't know Jesus have signed up for what's called MAID, the Medical Assistance in Dying, which is legal in Canada. And it was so interesting because I actually was very, very ignorant of this whole thing. I didn't even know that it was kind of, you hear about it, but then when you find out that there are people that you're taking care of, that this is their thing. Like any day, they can make a phone call. I don't know all the ins and outs, but they can arrange this and it can just be, they make the decision to end their life. And I just started praying through this. I'm like, okay, Jesus, I'm in this business. I'm the owner of this business. And this is not cool at all. You know, you're the giver and, and the taker of life. Um, and so I just started praying and praying. And I have an amazing lady that works with me as well who loves Jesus. And we had a discussion. And we were just, okay, we just got to pray through this. And every opportunity we had that something like that would come up, we'd be like, okay, what's the Lord doing? How does he want to do this? And it's funny because over the past few months, it's just been this 
process of just like, okay, I didn't see that coming. I have no idea except I know what your word says. I know what truth is, and I know what your heart is for people. And the testimony is that a few weeks ago, after just, again, praying and, and declaring truth and declaring that, God, you are life. And basically what everyone needs is just an, ex an experience with you. And I feel that, and I know this, that the culture has changed within this business, that about three weeks ago, we got, I walked in late, not late, I walked in for the time I was supposed to be there, but later than when people start. And they were all kind of like happy and joyful in the, in the boardroom kind of thing. And I'm like, ooh, I want to know. <laughs> and I'm thinking, another new client, yay. And all of a sudden, it's like, do you remember so-and-so and so-and-so? And so? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Did they pass away? Like, you know, I'm like, no, they wouldn't be so happy. So that's not it. And I was like, yeah, they've just gotten off of maid. And you remember so-and-so? She's off of maid now, too. And even the doctor went in and said, yeah, you, we, you don't qualify anymore, however that works, because you're just happy and enjoying life, and you're eating, and you're you know, doing all the things that is life kind of like abundant. And that's Jesus in this coworker that I have speaking life and truth and just blessing the people that she engages with. And the, so the atmosphere that we carry into situations when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we just pray over situations, it's just miraculous. And I'm just praying for more of that for all of us in 2022. Amen. Thanks, Fabio. So good. We're, unless someone else comes running, we're going to end with some worship. We're just going to praise God. He's so good. So we're going to just end with a song, end with some worship time together. So I just encourage you to stand up. If you, like, felt the tug to come up this morning and didn't, don't worry. There's time. Um, we always love to have testimony shared. So if you had something that you felt you were supposed to share this morning, just email the office. Come and talk to me after the service, and we will make sure that your testimony gets heard. Um, I love, just while they're setting up, I'll just keep talking. Um, where's your band? Yeah, yeah, come on up, band. Band, band, band. Um, sorry, I'm like, where's the band? Um, I love, in Revelation, it talks about that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so if you're in sort of a, a place this morning where you're like, man, I just, what, how, does, what, how come God's moving in their lives but not in mine? And maybe you're needing some breakthrough and needing some overcoming. I just encourage you as you go through your day, as you head into this year, begin to remind yourself of how God has worked in your life. Maybe this year, maybe it was 30 years ago, but we overcome we walk through those hard seasons often by reminding ourselves of what Jesus has done for us and what he's continued to do in our lives. So I just encourage you to do that. That's what we're meant to do. We're just meant to tell people about the goodness of God. So Jesus, we're so thankful for you. We just give you all the glory and all the honor for having kept us and taken us this far. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're going to do in this community, in this city, in this nation, in this world, in the days and the years to come. And we're so thankful and we're so grateful. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray that as your people, your praise would ever be on our lips. God, that we'd be always remembering, always reminding ourselves of what our eyes have seen you do. 
And we just thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness, which will continue to generation to generation to generation. Amen. Amen. Thank you for all of you who shared this morning. Thank you for sharing your stories with us, your testimonies. I love it. If you've joined us online, thanks for joining us. Bless you as you go. Go tell your stories to other people too. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Life Tree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Life Tree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.